It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Comes close to Curry. Curry gets it ahead to Gretzky. Gretzky going in. Suter trying to get back. Gretzky with a shot. He scores! They're going to try here. Rushing the center and down the lane. It is Marshall! Hey, hey, it's Monday and welcome to the Locked On Oilers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Hernan Salas from TSN 1260 and the Two Guys and a Goalie podcast. On today's pod, it's draft time, baby. So we're going to preview the draft with Will Scouch, the founder of Scouching.ca, a website for NHL draft analytics and scouting and a contributor for McKean's Hockey. He does really good work. Just check him out on Twitter at Scouching. That's S-C-O-U-C-H-I-N-G. Uh, he's got his list up as well. Some interesting names there at 14. Well, no, one interesting name correction there he does excellent work check out his website as well it's uh scouching.ca we'll get a a in-depth look uh with will on on everything uh you know draft related who's gonna go two three what are the senators gonna do what about oil kings for jake neighbors where does he land as well and of course what will the oilers do with 14 and i'll ask him about askarov i mean he's such an intriguing name in this one he's ranked pretty high you know i doubt he'll be there at 14 for the Oilers. even if he was there with the oilers taken but uh, i'm intrigued to see where the goaltender goes because it's it's not a you know taking a goal in the first round is not popular when it comes to the draft but we'll, we'll see there and get a good read on that remember you can connect with me on twitter at hernan the man at locked on oilers and give us a follow at locked on pods and remember to download and subscribe on your favorite apps for all the latest episodes and while you're there leave us a great review like i said the draft comes up tomorrow start time is five o'clock edmonton time always a fun time i'm excited free agency kicks off on friday but man uh you know things already heating up this morning i'll get to that in the third segment give you an update uh, as uh, there's uh, been a trade and all that and ken holland of course speaking at 11 o'clock and listen i know i i'm not gonna really cover it because you're gonna get the same song and dance you get from every gym ahead of the draft and what they're looking for we kind of know all the answers we're gonna get from kenny holland i don't think we're gonna get anything groundbreaking there so but we will be listening and seeing uh, what he has to say but again don't expect much from these pressers but yeah it's gonna be a fun fun week gonna be busy 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 we'll see what the edmonton oilers do a goal attending Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Jesse Pugliarvi. Can they bring in a third line center? Can they find the winger? There's so many questions up in the air and that's what makes it fun. Don't get frustrated if the Oilers don't make any big news this week because it's still early on. You know, if they if they don't get a goalie, let's say this week, uh, don't panic. Uh, they will find one. But man, I can't wait. Yeah! But let's get right to it as I'm now joined by Will Scouch, the founder of Scouching.ca, a website for NHL draft analytics and scouting and a contributor for McKean's Hockey. You can connect with him on Twitter at Scouching Will. You know, it's busy week. It's Monday. The draft uh, gets going on Tuesday. How are you guys doing there? It's a, it's a good busy. Uh, you know, I think most of the work has been done. I, I would hope that most of the work has yeah, been yeah. done by now. Um, you know, we're just I'm just kind of 
patiently impatient, I guess you can say. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And before we get into the draft, I guess, can you sum up uh, how strange a season this has been for the scouting uh, industry? I think for the traditional scouting world, it's a bit of a shock. Uh, for me, it's been, I, I mean, you can always go back and watch tape uh, and, and, and do what you can to add more data to my database and everything. Like, you can you can do your work, but I can absolutely see, you know, like, I really wish we had an under-18, uh, CHL playoffs, you know, all the all the playoffs, really, that were canceled. Because um, all of those things do add more context to the draft and who you, who's uh, who's eligible. Um, so that always that that's kind of sucks to lose. But you know, in general, I get the feeling that there's enough out there to get a very good read on the players eligible. And so I think if you've done your homework and sort of rethought your strategy a bit, it's it's something you kind of have to adapt to. But it's it's definitely a little bit unconventional. It's funny because we should like, the season should be starting uh, in normal times about this time, but instead we're heading into the draft and free agency. But it's going to be a fun week uh, here in Edmonton. I know everybody's uh, you know excited, patiently waiting to see what Ken Holland can do. Let's get into the draft. Yeah, we all know who's going number one, uh, Will. But uh, does the debate start at number two or three in this year's draft for you? Uh, for me, the debate starts at three, but it seems like the conventional wisdom is that it starts immediately at two. Um, I look at Quinton Byfield and see a player that every team in the NHL wishes they had. Um, you know, he's he's all potential. I mean, he does a tremendous amount right now. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, you know, it, it's fascinating to me that he's almost a full year younger than most of the other guys eligible right at the top this year. Um, you know, so I look at I look at what he brings in terms of the package of talent and the size and the skill and the creativity and you know, the playmaking vision and everything. And I just see a a tremendous player, uh, you know, and he has the potential to be a tremendous impact player at both ends. So I think he's going to be only as good as he wants to be, which I think is a good thing. I I don't think his talent will be a limitation whatsoever uh, for Quentin Byfield. And I mean, I get Tim Stutzla is, I would say, a more high-octane, offensive winger. Um, and, you know, if the Kings at two feel like they're good with depth down the road with guys like Alex Turcotte and Akil Thomas and Rasmus Kupari on the way, then maybe I could see them still going for the Stutzla pick. But to me, the best player at two is, is still Quinton Byfield, and I think he's closer to one than Tim Stutzla is to two. So that's just me. But, you know, I, I think Byfield is a tremendous player and ideally should be going second. But if he falls to three, that's a heck of a pickup for the Senators if they want to go that way. Yeah, and I guess it depends on who you ask uh, for that second spot, either uh, Byfield or Stutzel, like you, you mentioned. Looking at the defensive side, uh, you know, what is it you like about Jamie Drysdale that you have You have him at seven? I know some other uh, list I've seen have him a little bit higher than that, but uh, he is a, your highest-ranked D-man. What do you like about Jamie Drysdale? Yeah, so the way I rank guys is kind of in tiers. I mean, I would say Jamie Drysdale anywhere outside of the top five. I I think that's a great pickup. I, I think if, if you're at five and you're the Senators, and you say have a buy field at three and you want to add another defenseman to that Thomas Shabbat, Eric Brandstrom pipeline, then sure, I think you could convince me to do it. You know, with Drysdale, he does so many things that I think are very just difficult to pull off in, in, in hockey. You know, he, he has great four-way mobility. He covers the ice exceptionally well. Um, you know, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but, but that's because he doesn't really kind of need to be. He's more just smooth on his feet, fluid, you know, 
pivots from forward to backwards, lateral movement. It's all just really, really well-rounded. Um, really, really smart and creative passer. Uh, a little bit inconsistent there, but you know, you give him some time to develop, and, and he'll figure it out. I mean, the offensive tools are, are all there as well. You know, he can step up from the blue line. He's got good skill. He can make a play in front of the net. Uh, you know, he, he's a very well-rounded, more offensive defenseman um, who can sort of cover the middle of the ice in the neutral zone. You know, he really seemed to command moving pucks out of the defensive zone. He was a prime breakout option. So I think he brings a lot of fundamental parts of what playing sort of an offensive defensive game uh, brings in, in, in at least the game now. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't necessarily see him as that bona fide, can't-miss, top-pair defenseman that we've seen in a couple of years past, but he's not far behind that. And, and I think that if he's outside the top five this year, uh, that that's a great pickup. Joined here on the Locked On Oilers podcast by Will Scouch, the founder of Scouching.ca and a contributor for McKean's Hockey. You can connect with him on Twitter at Scouching. One last one here in this segment. Ottawa has the third and fifth overall pick in this year's draft. Looks like they're going to hold on to them. They're extremely uh, you know, obvious that they are rebuilding. You have Marco Rossi at five. Uh, sorry, Tim Suso at three and Marco Rossi at five. I mean, those would be two excellent pickups for the Ottawa Senators. Do you see him going two forwards or do you see him picking up a defenseman there with that fifth pick maybe well i know what i would do okay. and if i'm the ottawa senators i mean i look at how things are shaking out i i think that marco rossi is you know i think i i think i have him at three and stutzla at five it might be the other way around so uh but but with with rossi i mean i i love everything he brings to the game he's such a well-rounded complete player and everything is really at a very high level except for his skating but to me I think that the the fluidity on his feet, especially moving in a forward direction, I think that's something that you can work on pretty easily. And if he gets more efficient, you know, I, I think he could be a, a tremendous player. I mean, people size. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's maybe an inch or two shorter than, say, Cole Perfetti. I don't really think that that's not something that necessarily devalues him a ton. Uh, he's one of the best puck carrying guys of the ice that I've tracked this year. Tremendous offensive transition player. Uh, you know, just pushes offense so well, but he does it by being competent defensively. You know, there, there's just so much to like about him. And I think that if the Ottawa Senators land, say, Byfield at three, and you have a choice, I would say, of even Marco Rossi and yeah. Lucas Raymond at, at five. One of those two. Uh, sorry, Lucas Raymond or, uh, or, or Marco Rossi. Yeah, I had it right. Um, if you can land Byfield in one of those two players, that's two absolutely rock-solid players. And from what I've seen of Lucas Raymond, I love Marco Rossi, but you could push me either way. I, I would be very interested to have that discussion with people at a table. Um, you know, I can see the value that both of those players would add to the Ottawa Senators. I mean, I think about the Ottawa Senators with Brady Kachuk on one line and Lucas Raymond on another, and it kind of scares me a little bit, um, <laughs> you know, just how... Yeah. how remarkably efficient those players are. Um, but if you have Marco Rossi and Quinton Byfield as your first and second line center for the next 10 years, I, that, that, that could be a game changer long term. And they've got a lot of prospect depth on the way. Um, so I'm really excited to see what they've come out with because I'm pretty sure just taking the best player will give them two very, very good hockey players. Fun spot for the Ottawa Senators and their fans. Uh, we'll see what they do with those two picks. The Edmonton Oilers are picking at number 14. We'll get into that coming up next here with Will Scouch, the founder of Scouching.ca and a contributor for McKean's Hockey here on the Locked On Oilers podcast with Hernan Salas. 
Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work or sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNHL. Back here on the Locked On Orders podcast, I'm your host, Hernan Salas, as I'm joined by Will Scouch, the founder of Scouching.ca, a website for NHL draft analytics and scouting and a contributor for McKean's Hockey. Well, let's get into the Edmonton Oilers here, as of course, <laughs> we're in Edmonton. Uh, they have the number 14 pick. You have Dawson Mercer there from Shakutimi, who scored 60 points in 42 games in the queue last season. Mercer himself says he wants to model his game after Patrice Bergeron. Uh, what's your analysis of this player if he's there at 14 for the Edmonton Oilers? Yeah, Dawson Mercer is an interesting one. I think about Dawson Mercer for me is that there's, there's, you know, I think the highest sort of brain for finishing plays in the offensive zone. Uh, I, I think that, you know, he's better served as a winger down the road. I know some people have him as a center. I've seen him play there a little bit. Um, but I, I really, really like his game as a, as a, as a you know, don't worry so much about the defense, but score point winger. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that the Oilers could use more focusing on defense recently. Uh, from my perspective, I think Doff Good has a lot of wingers in this range that I think are really no nonsense. They can plug and play and, and fill whatever role you might need so long as it's more of an offensive role. I mean, I really like Dawson Mercer's playmaking vision. His skill is really creative and he can get around defensemen in a multitude of different ways. Um, you know, I find him a bit inactive defensively. His skating, I would say, is fine. It, it's hard to exp- it's hard to explain very concisely, but uh, you know, just I, I think he's a player who anticipates play a lot more, tries to play with his brain, and then when play starts going offensively, that's when he starts to really kick it into a high gear. So he might need some time to to learn how to balance where his work is going. But in terms of skill and offense and that sort of fun get your get your blood out of your seat kind of kind of feeling when you watch him there's there's that with Dawson Mercer I mean I'm not too concerned about the changes in his production after he got traded this year uh you know Shakutami was a team that I thought really had trouble putting something together that that really made them a great team you know the metrics that I tracked in their games weren't great um but when he was with Drummondville he really had the ability to take over a shift uh and and I have him ranked a little bit lower than some people but I, I think that in terms of a, of a you know, you kind of know what you're getting type pick and it's kind of straightforward and he's just a scoring guy that you can plug into your roster, I, I think it would make sense for the Oilers for sure. Here at the radio station I work for at TSN 1260, uh, I know last week there was a ton of prospect guests on and a lot of them had the name Dylan Holloway, of course, from uh, Wisconsin there. Uh, just I know you have him uh, just one spot lower than Dawson Mercer. Uh, Dylan Holloway, another option that could be there for the Edmonton Oilers. Just your thoughts on this player because this one kind of intrigues me. Yeah, I mean, Dal- Dylan Holloway is a weird one. I mean, I... In, in in my work, I am kind of outward about being very um, skeptical of players coming out of Junior A, especially the Alberta League, the Ontario League. 
uh, you know, maybe not so much in BC, but Dylan Holloway was a dominant player in Alberta last year, went to a really, really potentially exciting team in Wisconsin. Um, and that, to me, that team was really hard to watch. I mean, guys like Alex Turcott and Cole Caulfield and Dylan Holloway, uh, Keandre Miller, you know, they all seem to stagnate a little bit this year. They had a tough year. Their team finished last in their conference. Whenever I watched them play, they had a lot of trouble generating offense. They had a lot of trouble clearing the front of their net. Um, and but, but when you cut through all of that and look at Dylan Holloway specifically, that's a guy whose second half I thought was much better. You know, he's got really, really good high-level skill for a guy that people paint as more of a physical player. I think he's a really good Swiss Army knife. I've seen him play center. I've seen him play wing. He's effective at both positions. You know, he can play on the penalty kill. He can play on the power play. You know, I, I think his his skating is, is good. He can generate a lot of straightforward speed. He's got a good, consistent motor around the ice. You know, competes hard, whatever you want to define as compete. Um, but, you know, he plays hard along the boards. He'll support his line mates. Um, you know, really, really creative in the offensive zone, though, which is where I think it started to come out more uh, in the second half of the year. I think his first half, he was adjusting from what he could get away with in Alberta. You know, yeah. that extra 10% that might need to go into really navigating through the offensive zone with control of the puck, he seemed to have trouble with that in the first half of the year. Um, so I, I think that once he got his feet under him and got a little bit more comfortable and well-adjusted and a little bit more ice time, I, I think I think his game kind of improved and, and was much better than uh, it, his point totals might indicate. So I, I like him. At 14, it might be a bit high for me, but I can understand the pick, especially when the Oilers had such pivotal guys down the middle like Dreisaitl and McDavid. Mm-hmm. You know, down the road, if Holloway is another one year in Wisconsin or two years even, uh, you know, you can still fill in and, and be that third line center, and I think he'd be a good one. Or, you know, potentially as a good second line winger, potentially kind of player. Uh, really well rounded, though. Really, you know, a guy you can really believe in as, as a guy that you can think potentially becomes an NHL player that is an impact player at both ends. And I, I like him. Uh, just might not be the, the huge, huge, huge upside that I think there might also be available at 14. Yeah, joined here by Will Scouch, founder of Scouching.ca and a contributor for McKean's Hockey. Uh, Will, uh, when you're looking at uh, Yaroslav Askarov, there's been a lot of talk here in Edmonton, you know, months ago that he could be there at 14. It doesn't seem that way anymore. It looks like he's, he's a hot commodity, uh, you know, going into this draft. He probably won't be there at 14. Uh, you know, where do you see Askarov going? And, and just maybe a two-part question. Uh, what are your thoughts on taking a goalie in the first round? Because I, I know in the, in the hockey circle, Maybe it's it's frowned upon, but I mean, if if he's as good as the scouts and, and everybody saying he is, like I have no issues taking a goalie in the first round. Yeah, I mean, Askarov, I I'm always I've always been very skeptical of goalies in the first round. Last year, I didn't know what to do with Spencer Knight. I saw him play a whole bunch, but I always sort of look at someone playing in the USHL in net, and I and he didn't have a tremendous save percentage. Didn't really show me anything. You know, that was a really good team in front of him. So it made me a little skittish. I usually would defer to more experienced goaltending experts. But that kind of changed for me a little bit in Askarov's case individually. And I think with goalies, you have to look at them individually. You know, I, I look at Askarov and, and I really, I saw a bit of him last year in, in, in Russia, but where he sort of, or sorry, two seasons ago, but where he sort of came out to me was at the under 18. Uh, and there was a game he played against the uh, that high-powered, Jack Hughes, Cole Caulfield, USA under-18 team. And what I was struck by was just how mature he felt in net. It felt like he was an NHL goaltender there. He was calm. 
you know, he was athletic in a, in a controlled way. He seemed very technically sound. You know, he made life really easy for himself um, by doing things that are very difficult, I think. I, and, and I think, you know, I saw, I think, two or three opportunities where Jack Hughes sends cross-ice passes to Cole Caulfield where nine times out of ten in the USHL that puck's going in the net. But, you know, he was calm, crossed over the crease there, and just cuts off that one-timer really, really efficiently. And he did it a few times. And I go, that's something that you don't see in very many goaltenders, someone who just knows how to take up a lot of the net a lot of the time and who just stays calm uh, and, and just makes the save. And, you know, and the fact on top of that that he was playing against men all year last year in Russia, it was the second division, but that league is still a professional league in Russia that, that farms players into the KHL. He's now in the KHL and, and performing extremely well. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting big things out of him. And if you can get a franchise goaltender in the NHL draft, I mean, it, it can make your life as a general manager, it can make your coach's life way easier. Um, you know, a bad goaltender or, or bad goaltending situations can end your career. And I, I think that with Askarov, it's a gamble, but you know, you could make the argument of, you know, it comes down to where do you think a franchise goalie should be valued? If you find a fran- if you know that the guy you're picking is your number one goaltender for 10 years, you take him fifth overall, sixth overall. Yeah. I think you could make that argument. But at 14, if he's available, you know, I think he could be. There's a chance. Um, but, you know, that's a, that's a swing that if you're the Oilers, I don't know if you make. I would really would be interested to see what that discussion is. But I'm not concerned about it. He's, he's more, I think, the exception to the rule. Nine times out of ten, I'm not telling you goaltenders should go in the first round. But from what I've seen of him and what his resume has on, his, on it and, and, and what he's done and what I've seen, I, I think he's worth the pick. And if he's available past, I'd say, 15th overall, I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer to me. Cool Scouch, the founder of Scouching.ca, a website for NHL draft analytics and scouting and contributor for McKean's Hockey. Joining me here on the Locked On Oilers podcast, you can connect with him on Twitter at Scouching. One last one here for you, Jake Neighbors. Of course, I, I, we get to see him a lot up here with the Edmonton Oil Kings. I cover the Oil Kings as well here, so I've seen him play a, a ton. Uh, for many, he's ranked late in the first round or just into the second round. You have him at 39, Will, uh, what's the ceiling for a guy like Jake Neighbors? So with Neighbors, he's an interesting one. I absolutely can see the argument to putting him much higher. I mean, I, I who are on his side, who are not. Um, and I think the big thing with Jake Neighbors is I think there's a route for him to become an NHL player in terms of an energy guy, maybe a bottom six, you know, more offensive leaning player. But he seems to think he's something different. He seems to play like he is a high-octane offense, offense, offense player, with which he could be in the WHL. I think that his straight-line skating, his his motor is good. You know, all these things that you can sort of use to keep defenses on their heels in junior hockey, I think he has that ability. He's good around the net, no-nonsense offense. Um, but when I watch Jake Neighbors play, I still question his decision making and I question just how you know he seems to have issues with puck control when he's really going at a high speed uh, you know there there are things where yeah it might be something that you can fix through coaching to become maybe a top six scoring winger in the NHL but just based on how he plays when he's playing well I find that he's better when he's active away from the puck you know, when he's playing hard and aggressive and just being that sort of energy player that makes life easier for the rest of his team and then chipping in offensively. But 
You know, he seems to be a guy who wants to go end-to-end a lot. You know, he tries to run pucks through the neutral zone at a really high speed and lose control of the puck. Um, you know, he has trouble spotting line mates and utilizing them effectively. So I have some question marks about him in terms of how he processes the game and what he thinks and expects of himself. But, I mean, that might also be me missing, you know, not seeing the forest through the trees. He's got nice raw talent. You know, when he's playing well, the skill is there. It's just when he really pushes himself, things kind of don't look as good, and he seems to push himself a lot. So taking the foot off the gas pedal a little bit and just focus more on the energy side of the game and just chipping in, I think, is where things might be more effective for him. Um, but, again, I can absolutely see why someone might want to take the risk on him because once in a while you see something special. But I, I see a pretty solid second-round pick that could become maybe a, uh, an energy guy that, that helps out on a – you know, that helps out your more offensive players on a third line or fourth line one day. Yeah. Well, this has been absolutely great, uh, very educating for a guy like me. I look forward to tomorrow and see who the Oilers take at 14 and obviously who goes at number two. Uh, it's going to be Byfield or uh, Stutzel there. But, well, thank you so much for taking the time on this Monday morning. Join me. I hope you enjoy the draft tomorrow and look to have you on in the near future and maybe we can uh, look forward to next year's as well. Absolutely. Thank you very much. It was great. Build Go makes you the best you at whatever you do, whether it's a mental or physical wall break through it with go every day build go combines energy gel with collagen protein collagen protein is fast absorbing so it gets into my system fast plus it's easy on the stomach three delicious flavors to choose from peanut butter honey chocolate coconut and chocolate mint visit builtgo.com and use promo code locked and you'll get 30 percent off your next order use promo code locked for 30 percent off at builtgo.com let's go what's up guys trey matthews of locked on devils here and let me tell you about discover debit cash back Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game-changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Once again, a big shout out to Will Scouch, the founder of Scouching.ca, a website for NHL draft analytics and scouting and a contributor for McKean's Hockey for joining me today on the Locked On Oilers podcast. Just an absolutely great breakdown as uh, we get ready for the draft. That goes on Tuesday starting at 5 o'clock Edmonton time. That's round one. Rounds two through seven will go on a Wednesday. Interesting that he had Dawson Mercer at 14. I'll just give you some other ones, uh, some other draft experts, analysts, whatever you want to call them. Chris Peters from ESPN has Seth Jarvis at 14 team from the Portland Winterhawk. Corey Pronman from The Athletic has Dylan Holloway, who we did talk about, obviously from Wisconsin. Uh, Craig Budden from TSN has Jack Quinn at number 14 from the Ottawa 67s. And Bob McKenzie has Caden Gooley, defenseman from the Prince Albert Raiders. So we'll see who hits on the number 14th overall pick. I always like doing these kind of little, uh, I wouldn't call them experiments, but just to see who hits on the, who hits more on the draft with their mocks and all that. So we'll see of these five gentlemen uh, if the orders get any of these five players named Seth Jarvis, Dylan Holloway, Jack Quinn, Caden Gooley, or Dawson 
Dawson Mercer. If you're asking me, I'd say Jack Quinn. I just don't think he'll be there at 14. Followed by Seth Jarvis, uh, both highly skilled guys. Dylan Holloway is an interesting one. Dawson Mercer as well. He's a guy that, you know, like I mentioned earlier, just seen uh, reports on him and articles on him that he wants to uh, wants to model his game after Patrice Bergeron. I mean, that's not a bad player to to want to follow uh, in his footsteps. So we'll see what happens there. But it, once again, the draft goes tomorrow at 5. We'll, we'll have more coverage here on the Lockdown Orders podcast. Of course, Ken Holland's coming up at 11 o'clock here uh, shortly as I'm recording this just before. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I don't expect much from these pressers. I mean, we watch them every year and you don't get a lot. So um, we'll see what happens on that front. But don't expect much. Uh, if there's anything breaking, I'll have it on tomorrow's pod. And I'll just give you some news of the day here. Darren Drager uh, reporting that uh, sources say the Arizona Coyotes are shopping the rights to Taylor Hall. Jason Spezza signed the one-year contract extension with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I believe it's worth 700000 We do have a trade this morning as the Wild and Sharks made one that Ryan Donato looks like he's heading to San Jose and the Wild in return will get a 2021 third-round pick. Uh, it was Pittsburgh's original pick which Sharks received in exchange for Patrick Marlowe. Also, Frank Saravelli saying that he's hearing that the Pens are planning to buy out defenseman Jack Johnson. That makes sense, especially with the addition of Mike Matheson earlier. Uh, what was that? A couple of weeks ago in the trade with the Florida Panthers. So Jack Johnson will be bought out by the Pittsburgh Penguins. And we do have some we do have some Oscar Clefbaum news also from Darren Drager. This one dropping this morning as well as Oscar Clefbaum is receiving treatment in Sweden. Surgery, surgery will likely be the end result, but no timeline on when that might happen. Sounds like a lengthy recovery process in any event. So uh, yeah, not good news for the Edmonton Oilers. I'd expect uh, Clefbaum to miss next season. We'll see. You know, now it gets tougher for Ken Holland because do you really want to go in with Nurse Russell and Caleb Jones? I, I mean, it's not bad, but it's not ideal. I mean, Clefbaum, we've seen what happens when he's out of the lineup. This team is just not as good. And that's despite all the negativity towards him, right? So it's, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, he's going to be missed by the, by the Edmonton Oilers. And we'll see if Ken Holland can fill that void here. Uh, if you missed it on the weekend, of course, uh, Tristan Jari signs a three-year contract uh, with the Penguins worth $3.5 million. Robin Leonard signs up with the Vegas Golden Knights. That's a five-year deal worth $25 million there as well. Former Oiler Andre Sequeira signs a two-year contract extension with the Dallas Stars worth $3 million. Uh, we also had a trade. Oli Mata gets uh, traded to the Los Angeles Kings from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for forward Brad Morrison. Hawks retained over 750 k so clear about 3.3 in cap space with that move. And yeah, things are heating up here in the hockey world as we near the draft. Uh, yeah, you know, you know the regulars uh, when it comes to the insiders, they're just non-stop right now with the information. Hard to keep up, especially when you record a podcast, but I think I have you up to date on everything that has gone down so far. I, we got a lot coming up this week. The draft free agency, Ken Holland today at 11. So, uh, you know, exciting times in the hockey world before it all shuts down for a while, and then hopefully we have the NHL season up and running by January, maybe the latest February, but uh, yeah. We'll see what the Oilers will do this week. Again, don't panic if they don't do much. You know, they're, they're in a little bit of a tough spot if they don't get that goalie uh, you know by next Sunday don't panic uh, the orders will find it I believe in Ken Holland we'll see what happens here but it is time to wrap up this edition as producer Jose is flashing the red light thank you for listening to the Lockdown Orders podcast keep those downloads coming I appreciate all the support coming up tomorrow we'll continue on with the draft and the rumor mill and on Wednesday if the orders do pick at 14 we'll get an inside look at their at the player they took there so some fun shows coming up for sure remember you can hit me up on Twitter at Hernandeman at Lockdown Oilers let me know your thoughts on today's content what you like to see going forward always like to hear the feedback from our listeners and more importantly don't forget to subscribe
subscribe and download on your favorite apps for all the latest episodes. And while you're there, leave us a great review. All right. Thank you once again for tuning in on this Monday. This is the Locked On Orders podcast. I'm Hernan, the man talking Los Petroleros. Let's do it again on Tuesday. Enjoy the rest of your day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.